Okay, we are doing Dafia tests. Uh, the Gemara, right in the middle of Agadita. The Gemara has been saying over a lot of things from Birman ben Elazar. And we're starting from the top of the Amr. The Gemara says, Amr Birman ben Elazar, come and see. Shlikmi is a Kodesh Baruch Hu, Mishmas Vadam. That a Kodesh Baruch the way that he works is not the way that people work. And what's the contrast? Midas Bas Vadam, when it comes to people, Mishai of Adam Harigal Amalkos, when it comes at a person, has a death sentence. So they have to put something inside of his mouth, like a piece of something, to make sure that you can't can't talk when he's being executed. So that he won't be able to curse the king. Will be embarrassing to the king. But when it comes to Hashem, even when someone is someone's being punished. And even a death sentence because they have a sin that they've done. So they don't complain. To you, the silence is praise. What does it mean that the silence is praise? How is silence praise? The answer is that it's praise because it's only that we accept the judgment when a person is high of the ultimate level is that they're able to keep silence. And not only that, they may even, besides for, for, for keeping silent, they may even say good things about Shem. Shem it's saying in the Pasuk, that it's see he learns praise. And the idea of the praise is that you can go to Olam Haba by being punished here in this world. Below Ode, not only that, Elisha Domaloki Ilu Makrit Karba. Not only that, but it's as if the person who's dying is is sacrificing, bringing a carbon to Akalish Baruch with the sentence. Shinamar Ulacha, it says at the end of that same passage, Li Shulam Nadar. To you, Akalish Baruch, the Nadar will be fulfilled. So if a person is accepting whatever the judgment Hashem is giving, and it's viewed like he's being able to bring a carbon. Says the Gemara, Hainu's Armor Shubh and Levi. This is basically where Shubh and Levi said, My disip was the meaning of the Pasik. Over the Amek Bacha, those who pass through the, the Amek, the valley of Bacha, Mayan Shisuka, Mrochosa Tamura. They'll make it like a well, like a spring. And the, um, and in the early, the rain, the Mrochosa Tamura, which is the rain, will get, will get blessings as well. So it's not so clear what it's referring to. So we darshan it. How each part of the pasuk refers to the same. Ovre, when it says the people are passed, so who is the people who are passing through this valley? Elu bnei Adam. These are the people. They're not listening to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. They're doing averus. Emak, and they're going in the valley. Means that the Gehenim gets deeper for them. So it sounds like there's like a different depth to Gehenim depending on what level a person needs to be to be punishment to be punished for. Habacha of the bacha shabochin emoridin demos kamayin shoshisin. It means that they, they're crying and, and tears are coming out like the spring of the Shisin, meaning that Mayan Shosisin is a lot of water and the tears that they're that they're crying are as deep of all the waters that are coming out of uh, the spring of Shisin. Gabrachosyatu Mora and the Mora, the spring, uh, the, the rain, uh, all these people are getting are getting brachos. What does that mean? That they know Shimasikanalimasadin, that they they're matzik the din. The matzik is a din means that they're blessing our Kalash Baruch Hu, that they're recognizing like Sidikadin we do at a by the fire, right? The idea of Sidikadin is that you're accepting that this is from our Kalash Baruch Hu, and this is ultimately what is best. Omrim, and they say Lafanov in front of him, Rabbanu Shalom, Yafa Danta, you've judged well, Yafa Zikisa, you have um you, you, anyone that you've been mezaka that you found that you found innocent is right. Anyone you found guilty, that's also correct. It's good that you made uh, that you made Gehenim for the Risham. and you made Gan Eden for the Tzadikim. So this is basically the same exact concept that Rabbi Yehuda is saying that the people who sin are even praising what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does to them, anything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends, whatever punishments are there, they end up praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the concept of Tzidik Hadin, 
the concept of tzidakadin that they say when they're being punished. So the Gemara says, until now we've been saying that even the Rosham, even the wicked people, accept the din. So the Gemara says, is that true? Wicked people, even right when they're at the Pesach of Gehenim, meaning at the last moment they're being punished, they never repent, meaning they don't accept it. Even when they're when they're when when they enter into uh, the next world and they see all the truth and they're standing right at the gates of Gehenim and they realize how bad it is, but um, but they still don't accept. They don't. They're not closing with Jewish. They're going to go out and see the pigre Risham, the corpses of all the bad people. Poshim be sin against me. It doesn't say that they have sinned in the past hands. Ella Poshim that they sin. Right now, what does it mean that they sin right now? They continue to sin forever, meaning there's no end to the sins of people just because they die. What does that mean? So we're saying that they don't accept the punishment well. They don't understand. They don't accept the truth. And that even when they themselves are going to Gehenim, they're resisting it. So this seems like a stira, a contradiction. Before we were saying that even the people who sin, that they accept the tzidik adin, they accept the punishment, then they're doing true, they understand that it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's from the best. Here we're saying that even the Risham, when it's the time itself that they're going to get him, they don't accept it. So the Gemara says, Lo kash, Yisrael, if the sinners are from the Jews. So Jews do accept it, they have tzidik adin, that's what, but the second thing from Rishlach, because she's talking about Goyim, Goyim refuse to accept even at the gate of Gehenim. It's also logical that that answer that like that. Din Kane, because if you don't say that way, you'll end up with a steering with two things that Rishakash said. Amr Rishakash Rishakash also said, that the fire of Gehenim is not able to be sholid on Kal Yisrael. So it doesn't mean that there's no such thing as a Jew who goes to Gehenim, but. Um, but it means that it's not for so long. It never totally gets them. And where do we learn this idea that the fire of Ganem doesn't fully consume the Jew? Because it says, You can make a Kabachomer from the Mizbeach, the golden Mizbeach. That's where the inner Mizbeach, inside of the closure section, where they were burnt Ketorah, so I'm in the Mishkan. So, there was only a, a dinner's thickness of gold. There wasn't so much gold in it. Nonetheless, it would remain perfect for so many years, even though they burned Mamish every single every single day on it, and, and the, the gold wasn't destroyed. There was no destru- destruction. There was no wear and tear on the gold of the Mizbech. So then, so then, a sinner from the Jew, who have so many mitzvahs, were full of mitzvahs, even like the way a pomegranate is full of seeds, meaning a lot. The Pasuk says, like pomegranate, are us. Don't read like the, the, the temple, which is part of that. Ella, for empty ones. And the Pasuk is saying, even the most empty Jew, meaning the biggest sinner of Christ, they still have as many mitzvahs as the pomegranate has seeds. So that's, uh, so we see that, 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 that even the Jew has so many schosims, so much more so makes sense that the fire isn't able to totally consume them. So we're going to end up, if we don't answer that one is Poshe Yisrael, one is Poshe Yisrael, we're going to have a seer in Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish said before that even when the sinners are standing up, they refuse to see it as the truth. They don't accept it. And yet we see here that Rish Lakish is saying that the, doesn't, that the fire of Gehenim doesn't really get them. So it must be that what Rish Lakish was saying before, what Rish Lakish was saying before that the, the fire of Gehenim doesn't fully doesn't the, the fire of Gehenim, the, the, the people um, are, are sinning mamish at the gates of Gehenim and they're refusing to accept that they're eternally sinning. That only was referring to Poshe, who are Akum, who are non-Jewish, and the other the other Memorah that, that, that they will repent and that they can't get them and that they do Teshuvah at the end, that's referring to uh, the Poshe Yisrael. Okay.
So now the Gemara says, But on the other hand, the Pasuk says that they're going through the depths again and they're passing through. So isn't it clear? And we're seeing that someone that's talking about Poshay Yisrael, that they're Matzah Kadin, but at least it sounds like they're going to Ganem. So we have a steer in Rish Lakish, even if we say it's Poshay Yisrael, but we still end up with a contradiction. Are the Poshay Yisrael going through Ganem or are they not? On the one hand, here we seem to be saying that all the great schlossim that they have, they're full of mitzvahs like a remote and protects them. On the other hand, we said before that they do go to Ganem, and it's just that they're mastic alive and sadim. It's just that they accept what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. So the Gemara says, no. Who the Mechadi Yishai to Ganem? The Pasuk that they go to Ganem means that they just go to Ganem for a moment. And then Avram Avinu comes, he takes those out of Ganem. And he's makabal them, he receives them. With the exception of one thing, a Jew who slept with a non-Jewish woman. The mashkar Allah, because literally she she draws the Arla, the foreskin back over this is Brismila, and the and, and, and the person's identity as a Jew is hidden. So Avram doesn't identify the person as being a Jew. The power is mashkar Allah, so and she's not identified as a Jew. So it comes out and everything is good. The Pusha Yisrael, they do go to Gehenim. But their master, Galeem, is Hadin, they accept the punishment, and then Akadosh Baruch Hu comes and he quickly takes them out. And then there's a different thing, the Poshe of and, and the reason for all this that they're saved is because we're saying they have so many Tzchosim. And then we have the Poshe of Echochavim that continue to sin. They're not master, Galeem, is Hadin, they don't accept it, and those are the ones who have a deeper punishment. Uh, in Ganem says the Gemara Master of Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana We're saying that Haposhim means not that they sin in the past. That was the whole inference. Remember the one Poshe that they continued to sin. What does it say about Hakadosh Baruch Hu taking the Jews out of Mitzrayim? It says I'm Hashem who takes you out of Mitzrayim. So it sounds like it's happening now. What are you going to make the same diuk? The Masik is this Hashem who's always bringing us out. Obviously that's not right. Hashem's not bringing us out now. It's all in the past. Ela the Sometimes, even though grammatically it doesn't seem that way, but hamotzi and hamala mean a reference to the past tense as well. So, Akanami de Pashi, who? So, we say that the sinners, we, the whole diak that we're making is that it didn't say that they sinned in the past, but that they sinned in the present tense. Maybe that diak is not correct. And really, it's just a reference to the sins that they committed while they were alive. So, it's a disagreement. Of Kahana does not like what Rish Lakish was interpreting. Says the Gemara, another statement of Agada from Rabbiyam ibn Allah, from Rabbiyam ibn there are three different entrances to get to Ganem. One is in the desert. One is in the sea. The Echad Yerushalayim. And one is in Yerushalayim. And perhaps this is at the different levels of, 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 uh, of wickedness. There are different entrances. The one from the desert. It's talking about Korach here in the Pasuk. And it says that they all went to Sheol. And Sha'ol is the name of, is one of the names of Ganem, as the Gemara is going to talk about. So it sounds like what happened was that in the desert, the ground swallowed Korach, and from there he descended to Ganem. So we see that there's an entrance in the desert to Ganem. By Yam, there's also in the sea an entrance. It says in the Pasuk, this is by Yonah. Yonah was saved, right, in the inside of the fish. So it says, Beten, from inside the belly, Sha'ol, from the belly of Sha'ol. Shivati Shematakoli, I cried out and you heard my voice. So it sounds like he was in a place that was by the entrance of Ganem. And he was dabbing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from inside the belly, and he was saved. So we see that there must be an entrance to Gehenim inside the sea. Yerushalayim is also an entrance in Yerushalayim. It says in the Pasuk, This is what Hashem says. Hashem is a fire in Sion, and the furnace inside Yerushalayim. And what is that a reference to? 
Asher or Zulitzion, that's the fire in Sion, Zugahanim, it's a reference to Gahanim. It's not a Lobi Shrine, Zupeschal Gahanim. So it must be that that's the entrance to Gahanim. So that's the Gemara's proof that there is a third entrance that is in Yerushalayim as well. So the Gemara asks the Kasim and the Steam, and Rabbi Mirman Alazar, the Sulaika, but there's only three entrances to Gahanim, Amar of Mary and Amar of Yishuvan Levi, Rabbi Lotana, Rabbi Mary, Midway, Rabbi Yonas, and Menzakai. That the Dalacha is, we say as follows, there's actually two different palms. Talking about day trees. So palm trees going right by the valley of Ben Hinnom, and there's a smoke that comes out from between these trees. This is what the Mishnah and Sukkah is referencing. The Mishnah and Sukkah talks about a palm branch, a lulav, that comes from the Sinihara Barzal. So what exactly is that a reference to? It's a reference to the palm, the, the a lulav branch that comes from these trees right here. And the Mishnah talks about whether or not they're good uh, or not. Usually, usually a, a lulav has bigger branches, but these the branches were shorter than most, and that's why the mission was discussing what would happen if the lulav branch would come from there. At any rate, it continues and says, right there where the smoke is rising, that's the entrance to Ganem. So we see that that's a fourth entrance. Somewhere we see about these fallen trees, another entrance. So the Gemara says, that's not a question. Maybe that's the same one as the entrance in Yerushalayim. It's not a fourth entrance. That's just a further description of the entrance in Gehenim that is inside of Yerushalayim. Okay, so now the Gemara talks more about Gehenim. Amar Yeshua ben Levi. Shiva Shim was Yeshua Gehenim. Gehenim has seven different names. Ve'eluhein. Sheol, Avadion, Bershachas, Barsha'on, Titavoyin, Salmaves, Eretz HaTachlis. All these are different references to the name of Gehenim. And Marshall speaks out that there may be really what it is is seven different levels. In Gehenim itself, there might be seven different levels of punishment. So Gemara says, Sheol, that's what we were just talking about. Sheol, Tachsiv, by Yonah, Yonah was crying out. From the, from the, right there in the belly of fish, from the belly of Sheol, I cried and you heard me. And that's a reference to Gehenim. Avadon, Avadon means like to be destroyed. Yesiv, it says in the Pasuk, Hayusubar bakever chastecha. Can there be kindness? Can we, can we speak about the kindness in the grave? Or uh, how true HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in Avadon. So that's a reference to Gehenim and saying that it can't be spoken about, you can't speak about Hashem's kindness in a place called Avadon. That's Gehenim. The Ereshachas is called the well of destruction. You're not going to leave my soul to Sheol. You're not going to allow your chassid, the righteous person, to get to Shachas. So Shachas is a reference to Gehenim, and that's what the Pasuk is saying. The Pasuk here in Tehillim is saying that Hashem, you will not allow the Tzaddik, the Chassid, to reach to Gehenim. And these other terms of this pit of Sha'on, of bad waters, bad waters, it says, So we see in here a reference that from being saved from Gehenim. Salmavas, that it's like a, a Tzal. Tzal is like a shadow, and Salmavas is a shadow of death. How do we know it's called that? Because it says, the so people live in darkness and the shadow of death. So that's the one other possible can tell them where we see that. And what's the last term? The world under Gemari. That's just a tradition that that's one of the names of Gehenna. We don't necessarily have a source from the possible for that. That's just a tradition. It says the Gemara of Isu Lake. Are there no other names for Gehenna? What about Gehenna itself? So the Gemara says that's not actually really a name. That's just describing it. That it's a gay, uh, it's a valley that is deep. Um, as the valley of Hinnom, which was a specific valley that one was mentioned before. So we're saying that it's as deep as that. Everybody goes, or another idea of what the name can mean is that everybody goes there has acts of Hinnom. Hinnom means immoral acts, and that's what the name of Gehenim is saying. So it's not an actual name, it's just describing what it is that Gehenim is. So the Gemara asks, what about the name Tofta? The Tofta was given from yesterday. So it sounds like 
when we're talking about when Gehenna was created. So, so it's saying that it was created from the yesterday. So it sounds like we're talking about Gehenna. If you look in the Pasuk there, so we see it has another name. So Mar says that's also not a real name. It's just describing what Gehenna is. Anyone who is mispate, who becomes convinced by the Yitzhahara to do something bad, will fall there. And that's the term Toftat, to fall there. But it doesn't actually mean one of its names. So now the Gemara, we just discussed Gehenna. So the Gemara talks about the Gan Eden a little bit. Who we're not really sure where it is. If it's located in Eretz Yisrael, Beishan Shmo, then Beishan is the entrance. Why do we assume that? So the reason we assume that is because it's a Beishan has amazing quality of fruits. So it must be that if it's distinguished as beautiful fruits, then it must be that Gan Eden is there. If it's in Aravia, Beishan Pisco, then Beishan is the entrance from Beishan Harvest. If it's between the rivers, the different rivers, the Euphrates rivers over there um, in the Middle East, so then. Damascan and Pisco, Damascani is the entrance. The bubble in bubble, Abai Mishkaku Beperi Dimabar Yimina. Abai would say that the fruits of the south side of the, of the river were really good. Rabba Mishapu Beperi Dapanya. Rabba would praise the fruits of Rapanya. And it sounds like, again, that the good fruits, the high quality of the fruits, were referenced that this must be where Gan Eden is. Okay, so now that we discussed that, now we go back to the Pasibir Rose. So the Pasibir Rose were saying, uh, is when the Chazal were Mako for the Holy Regal, we need to draw water out of the well. The wells were Shusayaka, ten Tenzvachim uh, deep and four Tenzvachim wide. If they draw water out, which is a Rabbin, would be Hotzan Shabbos. So a person is trying to make Mechitos around it to make it into Rosh Hashayach. So normally we say Mechitos cannot be parked from the open. There cannot be more gaps and walls. But here the rabbis will be in and they allowed to put four Yudin, four posts, double side posts, L-shaped posts on the four corners and to make it. However, we were saying that the question is, what's the what's the, what's the the greatest width that it can be? So Rabbi Meir uh, and Rabbi Yudah had different ideas with teams of three oxen or four oxen. Ultimately, they're arguing about if the gas can be more than 10 amos or more than 13 and a third. That was the question. But we said, we're talking about these teams of oxen so it says that the width of the team uh, is supposed to be when the, the, the team of oxen are tied together. And then the Mishnah says, but not loose. So the Mishnah says, Pshita, that is obvious. Kim telling Shura, as soon as you tell me we're talking about oxen that are tied, and I didn't love them tar, so then we know they're not loose. Why does the Mishnah have to add those words and that they're not loose? So when it says that they're tied, it doesn't mean literally that they're tied. It means like as if they're tied, meaning that they're positioned close together. But not that they actually have to be tied. The mission therefore says, no, 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 that they're, that they're not loose in the sense that the oxen are actually tied tight together, a little bit more compact. So now we know precisely how to measure it and get to the right amount. We said that two teams, one, you imagine two teams of oxen, one going in and one going out. So ton of the Bible says, it means one team coming in, one team coming out. It doesn't mean one ox um, coming in and out, but to the two teams. So again, this is all to get the precise Amounts. So you have one team of the oxen going in, one team of the oxen going out. That's what is meant. Okay. So now we have to figure out how big a cow is in order to understand the mission. So how much is that? Right. The mission said that, for example, the 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 surrounding machitas have to be big enough at least to let the head and most of the body of the cow in to drink, because or else we're concerned that you're going to draw the water out into the trees. So how big is the head and most of the body of the cow? Almost two amos. Kami shopara. How much is the thickness of a cow? Like we're talking about with the with the with the um, with the teams of oxen passing through. It's an ama and two thirds. It comes to about ten amos for six cows if you do the math. So that's what if you're a mayor, according to our mayor, the, the gap shouldn't be wider than ten. If you don't he says he said it's about thirteen amos. It's like thirteen amos, like fourteen amos. Right? So he was saying there were eight, eight oxen, four oxen, two teams of four. So that therefore gets you to eight oxen. If you do the calculation with the math, assuming each one is an amma and two thirds, 
So then the gap is somehow 13 and a third. So now the Gemara will analyze some of the, what it mean it was approximately 13, approximately 14 is 13 and a third. Says the Gemara, as first we talk about Rameir. Rameir said it's approximately 10. So Mara says, it's approximately 10, it's exactly 10. If you are six oxen and you multiply by the one and two thirds of an ama per ox, so that's exactly 10. So why is he saying it's like 10? Says the Gemara, because the price I wanted to say in Rabbi Yehuda, where there's eight oxen, so then it's not exactly 13, it's more than 15. We want to say it's approximately 13, so we use the same type of expression, Rameri, even though it's precisely 10, but we said it's like it's 10. <clears throat> now the Gemara doesn't like that. Why are we even saying it's approximately 13? It's more than 13. Says the Gemara, because we're going to say it's like it's 14. So the Gemara says, if it's not 14 either. So I'm going to that's good for what it's saying. It's a gap, it's more than 13, but doesn't reach 14. So the basic idea is that you have the eight cows, multiplying by one and two thirds, you get 13 and a third. It's a little bit more than 13, and it's not quite reaching 14 at all. So that's the machlokas. Again, Rebbe Meir, it's six cows, according to, and we does the eight cows, times one and two thirds, times the one and two thirds per cow, and Rebbe Meir, you get about 10, you get 10 almost precisely, and Rebbe Huda, you get 13 and a third. Okay, so now, based upon that, we're going to, in the Mishnah, we're going to analyze what the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said, according to Rebbe Huda, that allows about wider gaps. So you only need gaps in the corners. You don't even need to bother with any additional additional wall, additional uh, posts that are in the, in the middle of each direction. Whereas according to Rebbe uh, Mayer, that only gaps of 10 amos are, are allowed. So then in a lot of situations, you're going to have to put additional posts in the middle as well. So now it's just really, it's not absolutely true. It just is going to depend how wide the space of the Rishos is. So the Gemara gives us some dimensions. Amar Papa Babar let's say you have the whole that you're trying to encircle is, is eight amos. No one's going to scream. Golubim shoots, and you're not going to have to put any single post. In that case, right? Assuming you have the the, the water holes eight amos, and you have the posts which add one ama to each side, going all around on the outside. So you're not going to have more than ten amos between posts. And then everybody's going to agree. Golubim shoots, and you're not going to need additional single posts that have to be in the middle of each direction because since the gap is not going to be more than 10 amas, even Rameir is going to agree. But Barsh name is right. And if the water hole is 12 or more amas, everybody will, will agree that you do. Because since the bar itself is 12, so then you're going to have more than 13 and a third uh, gaps between the um, between the posts that are in, 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 trying to enclose it from the outside. So you can have more of the gaps that are more than 13 and a third. And even Rabbi Huda would agree that you're going to have to put in a single post uh, because the gaps are 14 amas wide. Keep leaky. Where is there a dispute? They're only arguing about a water load that's between 8 and 10 and 12 amos. And then the gaps that are between the Yumdin will be between 10 amos and 23. So, you're going to have to put in more single posts to make sure that the gaps are not that wide. But according to Rabbi you're not going to have to add any more single posts because according to him, the gap of less than 13 and a third is not a problem. Says the Papa What was Papa telling us? The math. And, you know, we learned in the Mishnah. Clearly, Rameir says the gap can't be more than 10 amas. Rebuda said the gap can't be more than 13 and a third. So all Rav Papa is doing for us is telling us math. Says the Gemara Papa, I hadn't heard what the Brisa was saying. The Brisa had said that the ox is measured by one and two third ama. So Kamash and Rav he wants to tell us, therefore, what the Brisa said. He came to his own calculation and he told us what the Brisa had come out, that according to Rav Meir, it's 10 ama, and according to Rav Yehuda, it is 13 and a third. Continues the Gemara. We're going to have a bunch of Shilas here. Like Mark gives you in the, the before, like a mnemonic to remember these six shilas that are all about the yumdin. So the first question, let's say you just extended the double post, because in the amount that the single post, meaning instead of putting, if you, have gonna, if you would have a gap that would be 
uh, more than 10 ama, right? So one method is to put a single post in the middle of the in the middle of the gap, like the Mishnah said. But let's say you want to do something else. You just extend the double post to make it that the gap is not more than 10 amas. Is that a way to correct it or not? On the one hand, we could say, now bottom line is, the opening is, is less than 10 amas. So if the opening is less than 10 amas, so you got the net, the net effect. The net effect is that you solve the problem that the gap is not wider than 10 amas. Or maybe you could say that since it's not as noticeable, it's not good enough. Maybe specifically the Mishnah wanted the post to be in the middle of the gap to give it more uh, noticeability. So the Gemara says, we learned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, We said you can make it as big as you want as long as you add to the boards. So what does it mean you add to the boards? It sounds like you're making the boards bigger. My love to my with you, then you're making the double post bigger. Clearly we see that's okay. It's not saying you're making additional posts. The language suggests that you're making the double post bigger. So the Quran says it's not a proof. It means you make more single posts. So we don't have a proof. Says the Gemara Yachi, what about the language? Instead of saying you add to the boards, it should have said that you add boards. But Mar says, Tani, indeed, that's the way you should uh, uh, fix the Mishnah to read. Tani, Achi, until you add more boards. So we don't have a proof. Some people have a different version of the account. When he said, we learned from the Mishnah, that a person can make the, the area around the well as big as he wants, as long as you make sure that you're always adding more boards. Actually, now the Gemara assumes it means the opposite, that you're adding additional single posts. So it implies that that's the only solution. You cannot extend the length of the diyundin, but you must make more posts in the middle. So the Gemara says it's not a proof. Load the mark with diyundin. Actually, it just means that you're extending the length of the double post. And even if Mark then defends, according to the Russian, that this answer is more logical from the language. It says you're adding to the board. It implies that you're just extending the board that is there, not that you're adding another board. No, we do, in fact, learn from here that the diyumdim, extending the diyumdim is good. Okay, so that's the first discussion, that sometimes instead of adding a single post, you could just extend the diyumdim. Second question. Because the opening is more than 13 and 3rd Amah, which even according to the more opinion, Linian opinion, of Rabbi Yehuda is no good. Rabbi Yehuda, what about according to Rabbi Yehuda? Do for sure, maybe here you have to make a single post, or maybe even here you could just extend the double post. Again, the, the whole point is that the um, it's not so clear why if you can if, if you're allowed to extend it's because it's not as noticeable. So we just said in Mayor, we had one question if you're allowed to do it. Maybe in Mayor, it's okay because the gap is not more than ten is, is not more than thirteen. We're only dealing with a gap that's a little bit more than ten. But if I get to such a big level of a gap of parts that's bigger than the size of thirteen to third, where even the more lenient opinion of Yehuda concedes that that's a problem. Maybe there the only way to fix that is by putting the post in the middle and not merely by extending the post. So the Gemara says, Malay, Rabbi answered it by Tom, Tani, uh, Tani We could see from the price. So, coming with Kuravan, how close can the double post be? Meaning, how much space there has to be, does there have to be between the well and the line of the double post? So, we need, you need to have at least that the most, the head of most of the body of the cow could fit. And we said that that's two almas. Coming with Kuravan, how far away, how big can the can the space that Rishos Ayacha be? Even if it's a huge core, even two cores is okay. It's only good until it's two beis If it's more than two beis it's also we learn this in the Mishnah that that, that the, according to our view that the Yundim cannot make a rishus ayachid for a space that's more than two beis for more than five thousand square amma. They said to Rabbi don't you agree that if you have an area that's enclosed for residential usage? Then it can be even five core. Even ten core meaning that the whole restriction 
against the Rishos Hayachid being more than 5,000 square amma is only when the Rishos Hayachid is not being closed for residential purpose. But if it's being closed for residential purpose, like here, where you're using it to drink water, so that's not a problem because no, there's no maximum of how much it can be. So I'm a land rabbi. You just said back to explain. Yeah, but that's only true if I have a real wall. If I have a real wall, then it's true. There's no maximum. As long as it's for a residential purpose, it can be as big as you want. But here, I don't have a real wall. I just have boards. So since I have such inferior type quality of wall, I just have a pose, so it's no good. So we say that we limit it, uh, that the maximum cannot be more than 5,000 square. I'm more than a base shop. Okay, that's the end of the price. Now, what does it have to do with us? So via Misa, if it's true that according to Rabbi Yudha, the only way, the better way to fix it is by extending the double pose until the gap is less than 13 and a third, um, as opposed to putting more single posts in the middle. So Zumachitza, Zumachitza violates also a wall, meaning there's not going to be a difference. If you have a huge, huge area, even, even right, that you're enclosing, so the walls, if you're going to be extending the walls, the diundim, so that the gaps between the diundim are not more than 13 and a third, then you're actually going to end up with a totally full-fledged, legit machitza. So it sounds like that there could be a case where it's not because Rabbi Yudha is struggling. He's saying, it's an inferior wall. Must be, you're not extending the diumnin. You're not doing that to make it the gas less than 13 or the third. But you're doing, you're still keeping the diumnin just in amabna amabna. You're just sticking little posts inside the middle. So therefore, we can understand why it's in more of an inferior wall. So the Gemara says, it's not a proof of the is what Rabbi was saying. Normally, when you have a machitza, the pirates are not more than 10. Here we're definitely more makele that the princess can be up to 13 and a third. So that's what Vida was saying, that the leniency can't be to carry in this Rosh Hashanah more than 5,000 square amma. So what the Gemara is saying, however, you, however you're going to um, fix the problem of the gaps being more than 13 and a third, whether or not you're going to put in posts in the middle or you're going to extend the diumdin. But either way, there's definitely going to be more of a kula that we're saying here than normal Rosh Hashanah. Normal Rosh Hashanah, everybody agrees that the pirtzos, the gaps in the wall can't be more than 10 amas. Whereas here, according to Rabbi there is a special leniency by the well that the gap could be up to 13 and third, which is definitely more of a kula. And for that reason, Rabbi Yehuda is saying that we do not allow the area of the well to be more than a base saw, even though it is, in fact, enclosed for residential purpose. Okay, now we get a third question. Let's say there's a mound of dirt that's 10 tvachim high within four amas, meaning a pretty steep slope. And the angle is that it doesn't take more than four amos to get to a height of, of 10 tefachim. So normally we say that that can like theoretically, in a sense, be like walls. It could be like a Rosh Hashayach. So here's the question. Right here, if it's right in the corner, do I, do I have to say, what do I need to make a diyumud? It has the right dimensions of the double post. Or maybe it doesn't have an L shape. It doesn't have the right angles. It's like a, it's like a mound. It's like a circular shape. So maybe it doesn't function as a diyumud because it, the diyumud maybe has to have the perfect L shape of the of the right of the um, ninety degree angles. So I'm gonna lose. The rabbi said to buy it. I do have a right from a brisa. Shimon Malazar. Shimon Malazar says, "I see Shimon Malazar." Let's say there's a square rock. You don't have a double post. You have a square rock. So Rowan, you imagine you're able to view if the rock were to be split up and there would be enough that I'm on one side and I'm on the other side. If you could imagine it like an L with the right angles, then it can, it's allowed to be treated. Like it's a yumud, and you don't have to do anything else. But if not, meaning it's less than an am on each side, after it would be divided in a Mishim Diyumad, then you can't treat it as a Diyumad. That's the first opinion. Second opinion, says, if there was a round rock instead instead of the Diyumad, you imagine you imagine what would be if it would be chiseled into a square. It would be split. 
into right angles, it would be ama and this and ama. Then it could be made treated like a demon with love. But if it wouldn't remain an ama on each side after it was split, ain't or neither mishum it would not be treated as a diyuma. So we have two opinions. Rabbi Shmuel is the opinion that the round rock could be a double pose, and Rabbi Shimon Lazar sounds like only the, uh, a square or rectangular rock could be used, but not a round one. So it might come up for me. What's the root of the question? The one opinion of Shemalazar holds that we can make, we can, like right now, it's not a human. The whole thing is that you're imagining. So you could do one visual imagination, but not two. So if it's a, if it's a square and you just have to imagine it, it's carved into an L, that's okay. But if it's, but if it's a circle, see, so if you need two things that uh, have to be transformed to an L, it would be two things where you're splitting it and then, Making it square and then and then splitting it, so then you don't do it. Mar Savar, but the other pin would be small. If you look straight, Roman Armin, even you're able to visualize even like two changes are making happening to it. So even the square rock is in fact acceptable. So in our case, the Gemara is coming out. The tail was just like that. The mound of earth is around. So you would have to do two rowans. You would have to. It's going to depend. Therefore, on the machlokas tanam, just like we have a machlokas tanam about a round rock, whether or not it's a good human or not, because you have to do trade two rowans. So too. We would have a machlokas about our case by the Telemislakate. Says the Gemara, what's the fourth question? Let's say you have a machitza made of reeds. In other words, it's in the shape of the L. Everything's good, but you don't have a full, you don't have a full wall. You used to have like a made of reeds. In the sense that 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 it, that it's not an uninterrupted wall. It's a bunch of little single reeds. Each one is less than three tvachim from the other. So you have love it. But is that a good diyuma? Could I use love it to form the diyuma? So normally in the laws of mechitos, right, there's no question. You're allowed to use love it, like we even spoke about uh, for the last couple of blocks. But here, all you're using is diyuma, and, and you have more gaps, and you have more parts move all the it. So maybe the diyumas themselves, these amma by amma things, maybe you can't use love it for that. That's the question. So Amalea Rabba said to Baitan, if you have a right for the Braisa, Hajjum gather let's say there's a tree, a fence, or or machitas of reeds there instead of a double post. Imajum diyuma, then you just them as use as you use them as double post. So one of the cases was a machitza of reeds. So my love, why don't we assume Kanakamas of reeds means that each individual reed was asking to be talking away. And we see that it's considered to be a valid diyuma. We see that we use love it to make the yuma. So I says low. But Risa Dekani, it means that it's coming out of the ground, one common trunk, and it's it, it's coming out of the ground, and it's like a bush of reeds, and they're not separate at all. You don't even need love. So the Gemara says, Yach, I know Elon. If that was the case, it's just like a tree. What would be the app of novelty? So the Gemara says, Elamai, what do you think? You want to try to try to try to say that the case is that the row of reeds is where each reed is less than three for talking with the other one hand together. It's the same as a fence. So either way, there's not any new novelty in the case of. In the case of the um, the reeds, Elamayis Lachalamayimach. Again, we're just saying two different types of fence: a good fence and a fence of reeds, which is a little bit flimsy. We're saying two different types of tree: a regular tree or a reed tree. So either way, the Gemara hasn't conclusively proved whether or not you could use uh, whether or not you could use uh, single individual reeds that are less than three talking away from each other to form the diumad. A different version of how this went down. He writes to the Kani coming by, like asking about 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 reeds that are that are compact, stuck together. Reduce the Kani Mai. Can you use it as a diumad or not? And why would you not be able to do it? Um, it seems like it, it, it seems like it's not great because since it's not like a solid wall, it doesn't really have the shape of a diuma. That's that's the question. But you don't really need the love it issue. So Amalei, so Rabbi answered the Bais of Tanina. We see it here from the Bais. Aishim gather Elon of the Kanin. Need the Mishim diuma, but the fence, the tree. Or the machita of the reeds, it's good. It's He's talking about the, the, the like a, um, a reed bush, so it's good. The Mar says, "Lo, kanak comes shosha." He's talking about where each reed is less than three talking next to the next one. So, so in that case, 
interestingly enough, we assume that this one is better. Single reeds that are shaped like an L may at least have the shape. Whereas here, it doesn't really have the shape. It's just kind of like a bush. So it's very interesting. And it's starting to the second Lashon Gemara. It's actually better to have single reeds that are perfectly aligned, that are shaped like an L, and they use love to connect them. That's better than having a little bush where they're all compact together. So the price of that saying it's good, the Gemara is deflecting the proof. So it's not a proof to the bush. It may just be that they're, each one is less than two talking away and they're connected. So the Gemara says, y'all kind of together, it would be just like the fence. Says the Gemara back, LMI, you the kind of, you think it's a little bush of reeds, kind of elons, so it's like the tree. LMI is like, what do you have to say, Trey The device was just telling us two different types of trees. Chonami tree, you together, so it might just be telling us two different types of fences. It could have better fence or offensive reeds. So either way, we haven't concluded the Shiloh. What is the Shiloh? Gemara, two different versions. Either the question is, to use single reeds that have a good shape of an L, but they need to use lovewood for the Yumud and the, and the essence of the question is, could I use lovewood? Could I use lovewood to make the Yumud? And then the second question is, because of the shape, the shape is no good. You don't have to use lovewood, but the shape is like a bush, so it's not good to use for the Yumud. And either way, the Gemara doesn't end with conclusively to these questions.